and welcome to the second episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am joined today again by my friend Ski. Hello. And Brent. Hi. And today we're going to be going over the second episode, Guess Who's Coming to the Wedding. Spoiler just a go- alert, it's Stan. <laughs> Damn it, Brent, you just ruined it for all the listeners. <laughs> Edit that out. <laughs> Did I ruin it, or did I save them nine pages of recap? <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of dramatic buildup that was going to be coming. It's it's only six pages, okay? <laughs> so just to recap the format here, we're going to do a uh, a recap of the episode, probably long and meandering. Follow that up with our MVPs for the episode, as well as our rating out of eight pieces of cheesecake. I can only imagine that Ski will give this one a nine on an eight-point scale, <laughs> since he gave that first episode a seven and a half. So without further ado, I will turn it over to Ski for his play-by-play recap. All right. Uh, as he mentioned, episode two is entitled, Guess Who's Coming to the Wedding? Uh, it originally aired on September 21st, 1985. It was produced by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman and co-produced by Marsha Posner-Williams. Uh, it was written by Winifred Hervey, I believe it's called, or pronounced. Uh, we kind of open with Dorothy waiting impatiently for her daughter to arrive. Uh, she's kind of looking out the door, kind of waiting for someone to arrive, and we find out it's her, her daughter. And she's Spinster wait- daughter. Her what? Spinster daughter. Spinster daughter. <laughs> Well, how old would her daughter be at this point? Her and Stan are married 28 years, right? 38, 38, 38. years. So, yeah. yeah, I did the math and it seemed like about 42, Yeah, because she <laughs> got married because she was pregnant, right? Exactly. And Logan it's been a wedding. couple years since she, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, since she divorced Stan. So, yeah, so her daughter, I'll tell you what, she's holding up well for a 40-year-old. <laughs> Truly <laughs> Especially is. considering that she'd be, what, 12 years younger than Blanche at this point? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she's definitely <laughs> aging more gracefully than, yeah. uh, than Blanche would be. Uh, and her husband looks young. Oh. Look at me ruining stuff. Oh, yeah, well. All right, on with the, the synopsis. <laughs> All right, anyway, if you didn't already guess from what I just said, she's waiting for her daughter, who is actually bringing <laughs> home her boyfriend of six months. Rose asks if they're serious, and Dorothy says, well, she hasn't been this serious about anyone since Paul McCartney. And Rose responds, Kate dated Paul McCartney? She's like, yes, they wanted to get engaged, but I insisted she finished grade school. Now, based on this being an 85 and her being a 40-year-old woman in 85, mm-hmm. yeah. then I guess that would be a, an appropriate age with Paul McCartney at that point, right? Well, I mean, it, assuming then that, say she's 40, that means she was born in 1945, mm-hmm. which means Beatles came over here in 64, so she was 19. Oh, so time. yeah, it would pretty much add up exactly. If anything, yeah. you wouldn't expect Paul to date someone his own age. Yeah. but Rock star. I don't know. I find it's best not to think about the 60s with the Golden Girls. Because you have to imagine, you know, Blanche in the South in the 60s. Do you really think she was on the right side of history? Uh, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine that she was. I'm sure that uh, Jim Crow was alive and well in her family farm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Plantations. Out yeah, there. plantation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so we find out she's waiting on the on the daughter and the doctor to arrive. Yes. We had not said doctor yet, but... It's her fiancé who happens to be a doctor, we find out. His name is Dennis. So anyway, the daughter Kate arrives, and uh, they all give hugs. They ask where Dennis is because he's not there. And she says, well, he's at a seminar, but I'll bring him by tomorrow. Sophia kind of enters in after they've already kind of introduced each other and said hi. And she's looking for her culottes, which I actually had to look up. I had no idea what that was, but it's wide-legged pants. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, Kate goes over and hugs uh, Grandma nice and tight, and Sophia says, relax, you're already in the will. 
sound like you want to say something. I, you know, I, I feel like there's something there about the the description of the nice and tight hug, <laughs> but I don't really know know where to go with it from there. So, so yeah, it, it is. Anyway, a, she gives her grandma a big hug. Okay. And it, and you know, Sophia seems like she is stifled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sophia doesn't seem like someone who'd be a real touchy feely person in I a would, general I sense. I would agree. Yeah, it does seem like that would not be her uh, her uh, style. Anyway, um, Kate announces uh, to the group, you know, kind of gather around. And she says, you know, I've been dating this guy for six months and uh, we are engaged and we're going to be married in the Bahamas. Right. And and this marriage is happening, what, like a week later or a few days later? Yeah, she mentions that they're leaving tomorrow to go to the Bahamas (laughs) and then they will be married. But she doesn't necessarily say how soon, but I'm sure they're not going to be there for weeks. So this is the second episode in, and already we've had two very yeah. short-notice weddings happen, <laughs> apparently down in uh, Miami. You just don't wait long to, uh, to well, tie the Well, at their advanced ages. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, exactly. 40. I mean, she she already is in the last she leg. She's got to snag herself a doctor. <laughs> right, true. Make sure she you know gets married before she finds out about the other wives. <laughs> right. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, of course, you know, Dorothy insists, no, you're going to have it here, which... Yeah, I was thinking they would have already paid for the tickets. Now, Grant, maybe the cancellation policies are more generous back in 1985 than they are today. Mm-hmm. But I would feel like you'd be throwing a lot of money into the toilet if you were just like, no, we're just going to go ahead and punt. Yeah, <laughs> you know? she's, she's like, we're leaving tomorrow. Right, yeah. <laughs> she was going, I assume, to just specifically introduce the boyfriend to Bob mm-hmm. and say, all right, see you guys. So, next time you see us, we'll be married. <laughs> So do you think he booked the seminar because he was already going to be there to meet his in-laws? I would assume so. I, I would I'd have to think that it would be a real lack of romance if you were like, well, you know what? I'm going to be in Miami for a seminar anyway. Might as well go ahead the extra leg of that trip down to the Bahamas and get married. But like the podiatry seminars appear with such frequency that... He was able to just find one in Miami, perhaps. I mean, there's a lot of old people there, and old people yeah. tend to have gout and uh, other foot-related it was, ailments. It was a seminar <laughs> of convenience. Yeah, it just happened to go. <laughs> it was going on. He was like, "Hey, do you mind if uh, you go see your mom and I'll check this out?" Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of exciting developments that happened in the world of foot doctoring, which so. we hadn't mentioned yet. You guys are getting ahead of the schedule again. Yeah. It's well. a podiatrist, guys. Not a real doctor, a podiatrist. Yeah, it is amazing how dismissive everybody <laughs> seems to be about him being a podiatrist. Immediately. Mm-hmm. It, it's as if she said he's a doctor, and he's like, no, he's a doctor of philosophy, you know, or something <laughs> like that. I mean, he's still a medical doctor. Uh, yeah, it is rather rich. I mean, it's one of those things that they're like, oh, he's not a doctor, he's a podiatrist. Well, Dorothy, you're not a real teacher, you're a sub. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> that's an excellent, that's an excellent parallel. Mm-hmm. So, what happens after we? Uh, so, is it at this point we've met the doctor, right? Uh, well, no, not yet. Uh, basically, uh, Dorothy's very excited, but then she realized that she said, "Hey, you're gonna be in the Bahamas," and as you said, they kind of convince her to, uh, you know, have the wedding there. Yeah, but the the whole convincing the reason she wasn't gonna have it there is because. She didn't want to leave one parent out of it, and right. she didn't feel like her parents could get together or and get along. Or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Stay in the same place. Um, that was the missing detail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dorothy, then she calls Stan. No, Kate calls Stan, Stan but makes Dorothy talk to him. Mm, okay. Uh, so basically, you know, you're going to talk to him. You're going to invite him. So she actually has a very cordial conversation with Stan. It goes quite well, and she maintains her calm, even though you can kind of see that she's a little seething underneath the surface. 
Well, I think it is her that actually makes the call, or at least she's the one who answers, you know, is the first person that he talks to, because she introduces herself as Dorothy and then has to specify that it's oh, a Dorothy Spornak. Yes. Um, which Your ex-wife? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, which would make Stanton be far more doddering <laughs> than he actually <laughs> is. I mean, he may be a, a horrible human, but... Um, Dorothy, Dorothy, maybe he knows a lot of Dorothy's. It could be. I mean, Dorothy was probably a more common name back in the uh, in in that time frame. So. There was, you know, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, which would have been around the time they were born. So <laughs> it would have probably been one of the popular names on the list. Okay, so she calls Stan. They more or less work it out that uh, they, he'll be invited to the wedding. So she decides to go ahead and stay in town uh, for the nuptials. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, the girls convinced her to have the... Uh, the uh, wedding in Miami, and then, of course, uh, she has their conversation and uh, talks to him and such. Um, and he mentions that his new wife will not be able to attend. Uh, Dorothy is very upset about that. And this is the second wedding at the house, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, now, the first wedding was, granted, it was planned, only apparently... wedding. Yeah, well, the first planned wedding only apparently had four or five guests to it anyway, but there was almost no decoration or any other yeah. preparations made. Whereas this one, I, I'd have to say they did a pretty fine job mm-hmm. of uh, decorating up the house for, mm-hmm. you know, a big to do for just a bunch of podiatrists on yeah. vacation. Well, <laughs> and a surprising number of people who arrived for a, a woman who I don't believe is had, from Miami. Had no yeah. plans. You know, had no plans. I don't know where. I don't know. These are just friends. They're like, hey, we need mm-hmm. to fill out this. Uh, yeah. Again, you know, we need a wedding of convenience. Rice. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't get the impression that either one of them are from Miami, mm-hmm. um, and they gave people no notice to get to Miami for this yeah. wedding. <laughs> uh, but they had a pretty good turnout. Yeah. Well, and then also uh, in part of convincing her to have it, she did say, "Well, I've always wanted to have you know, or I've always pictured myself walking down the long aisle in a beautiful dress with my dad on my arm or something like that." Yeah. Which I think also got under Dorothy's skin a little bit. All right. I think she was mainly confused how she was going to put in a long aisle on the lanai. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got the impression that maybe they got married at a church again in real short notice, but I think the reception was supposed to be mm. at the house because they leave the house yeah. to go to the, the actual wedding itself. Mm. But uh, which we did skip over, you know, Stan, you know, shows up Correct. and Dorothy immediately slams the door in his face. Yeah. And he's uh, like, didn't you recognize me? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, of course, you know, and, and he has... Two things about his appearance in it that I, I really enjoyed. Um, his toupee, for one, which is a mm-hmm. completely different color than the natural hair that he has left on his head. <laughs> I, I would think that you'd either dye the side of your hair the same uh-huh. color as the toupee or get a toupee that matched yeah. the rest of it. Um, yeah. I, I thought that was funny. And I also thought it was funny that he's wearing a lei, which I don't necessarily think they give you a lei when you're leaving Hawaii. <laughs> um, and he's wearing a lei the entire, you know, yeah. at least up until they leave for the wedding. No one says anything about it. It's I like it's really completely normal that, honestly. that yeah. he walks in with a lei, yeah. you know, from returning from Hawaii as opposed to. Uh, yeah, he lives because he lives in Maui. Yeah, I guess it's just to show people like, yeah, this is how we do in my it's culture. A brag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm sure if he took the shirt off, he'd be covered in tattoos and whatnot. What <laughs> is that native wreath that you wear around your neck, Stan? <laughs> right. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> so if they were making this today, do you think Stan would um, like go ahead and shave his head and just have like the goatee thing going on? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I, I don't think, I mean, the toupee is definitely, I think, a, a fashion choice that's almost completely gone. Yeah. Um, I, 
I would say that shaved heads are far more common yeah. than people trying to give the appearance of yeah. you know using fake hair. What yeah. about the all you know encompassing comb over? Oh, the comb over. Timeless. Yeah, I mean the 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 comb over <laughs> is definitely still in use. I mean they've see politicians and other <laughs> you know people sporting the comb over on a pretty consistent basis. So that's still around, um, and I'm sure too that the. Uh, Fake hair isn't completely gone. I'm sure that the Merkin is still quite popular with the ladies. <laughs> the <Merkin. laughs> so, Google it, people. Not familiar with oh, this know, term. Oh, with the Merkin. A Merkin was for uh, prostitutes way back in the day um, would use it as fake pubic hair to, I guess, hide the fact that they had shaved their pubic hair because of pubic lice or something of that nature. So that was so that people didn't know about their various diseases that caused them to have to shave their pubic hair. So there you go. So if anybody ever asks you about a Merkin, the more you, you know. know. Yeah, it's a, a lady's pubic toupee. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, I'm sure you could use I, I don't know if it necessarily has to only be a lady. So if you ever had some issues down there, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you may be able to research uh, research a Merkin. Well, for today's yourself. manscaping, who would want that, Alan? Well, I mean, someone who maybe had some <laughs> red bumps and other things oh, in well, that area yeah. that uh, needed to be concealed by. A makeup artist could take care of that. <laughs> yes. A lot of people do have makeup artists for their junk. <laughs> it's quite common. Only yeah. on prom night, though. Only on prom night. <laughs> I find it's best just use the filter on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> when you send back your replies to all messages, who dis new phone with a picture of your <laughs> junk. Exactly. To let them know who this is. Yeah. <laughs> so. In the interest of full disclosure, I didn't know what a Merkin was. Oh, was you just, just wanted curious. me to explain it? <laughs> so that our listening audience could also exactly. be regaled. <laughs> I, I was kind of disappointed that you didn't know it, exactly. and now I'm... Uh, one thing I wanted to point out that uh, I, I noticed, and you guys probably noticed uh, while watching it as well, there's a reoccurring trend throughout this episode. So they say, you know, you know, when Stan's here, he'll be okay. And she's like, well, you know, once he's here, he'll be close enough to kill. <laughs> and there are, there are several instances where Dorothy makes mention of killing Stan I would say, given the circumstances, it's it's pretty reasonable. I, I don't think anybody would mistake it for actually planning to kill him, other than a, a moment where she has a knife and uh, <laughs> and Rose is concerned. But uh, but I would say that the urges to murder somebody yeah, who yeah. who left you in such a fashion would definitely be reasonable. Do you think it'd be just as funny if, uh, you know, Stan was trying to kill Dorothy or joking about how he was going to stab her? Oh, probably not, especially considering that uh, Stan is a dick from the very beginning of the episode, <laughs> from the phone call that she makes to him all uh -huh. the way through to the end. So there's no redeeming right. quality about Stan. So if he's right. threatening then to kill her, I think that just takes him from a, a jerk to a homicidal jerk, which, <laughs> you know. That's just a step too far. Exactly. <laughs> now, I will say this. There is one thing that uh, Stan was kind of polite, because uh, when he arrives, he kind of goes over and gives his kid, his uh, daughter hugs and stuff. She says, I'm so glad you're here. And he says, well, don't thank me. You know, it's all up to your mom. She's the one that, you know, called me and kind of swallowed her pride and got me here. Yeah, I didn't think that was nice because yeah. he was like a woman who could swallow her pride after what she went through. I mean, he's basically, you know, <laughs> well, admitting he trying, humiliated her. Trying to pay her a compliment. I don't know. It was a real backhanded compliment. Yeah, that was just <laughs> passive aggressive. Yeah, nonsense. yeah. 
I don't. I, I wouldn't. I would call that a check in the good box for Stan. <laughs> uh, now, one thing I did notice. Exactly. Don't think me thinking your mother who paid for my airfare and right. my hotel, <laughs> <laughs> right? My free vacation to Miami. Exactly. Uh, one thing I, I did want to mention that was in this part of the episode. You know, when Sophia sees Stan for the first time, she at least indicates like she doesn't recognize him. And he's like, oh, it's me, Stan, or, or whatever. And he's like, oh, she says something to the effect of, oh, I had a stroke and, you know, I lost that part. Now, I think all three of us in the last episode all agreed that we had never remembered them mentioning the stroke again after that pilot episode. And yet here it is, second mm-hmm. episode, and the stroke is yeah. back. So, yeah, so we were apparently all incorrect and got proven wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only what? one more episode in. No, I think we remembered the stroke making a reappearance. It was the bit about her losing the filter in her brain, mm. and that's why she was so sassy. Uh, well, I, I don't remember even remembering the stroke, so perhaps uh, if we listen back to that first episode, we'll see. But one way or the other, well, one of us is right and one of us is wrong, I <laughs> suppose, <laughs> and yeah. there's no way to ever check to see who it was. Yeah. I think Other than watching a whole bunch more episodes. Well, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely figure out if they ever mention either the stroke or the lost filter again. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Cool. All right. So then after that, so then we get from there. Dorothy doesn't want to go to the wedding, but they convince her to go, even though she doesn't feel like she'll be able to keep herself together during it. Apparently goes through it, gets through it fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I think, applauds her for, uh, mm-hmm. you know, her restraint. And then we get back to the house at that point. Like, that's the next scene is then back to the house for the reception. All right. So we kind of open at the reception, and Dorothy is having kind of a small talk with Kate and uh, Dennis, the the husband, the new husband. Uh, They're talking about uh, when uh, Kate was younger playing uh, Abraham Lincoln in a school play, I think it was. Dennis makes a comment, I just can't quite uh, picture her as Abraham Lincoln. And at, at that same time, Stan is walking by, and Dorothy says, hey, Stan, can you give me your hair and put it over her chin to <laughs> kind of man- pantomiming that right. she looked like Abraham Lincoln, obviously. Then uh, Stan kind of comes over and gets into the uh, conversation, invites the newlyweds to uh, join him in Maui where he and his uh, new girl live. Does he ever say if they're married? I think he says life mate or... Yeah, I don't remember I don't if he ever he... specifically mentions him being married. Nor is there ever a mention as to how he was able to pick up and leave and go mm-hmm. to live in Maui. I mean, this woman was a flight attendant if, from right. what we've heard, so she yeah. isn't rich. And even but, if the business was successful, I don't know mm-hmm. if you could just pick up unless he is the business. And, that's, <laughs> you know, and this is in a day where there wasn't internet commerce or yeah. anything of that nature. So I don't know what he was able to pick up with and just leave and move into a house. I imagine it was the discount district of Maui <laughs> <laughs> where it's affordable for all. Right. Mm-hmm. I believe he took their retirement savings. Oh, okay. So oh. that would he just cleaned out their retirement Man, savings. Yeah, that's yeah. why is Dorothy bitter? <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, he goes he goes to get them drinks and Dorothy uh, kinda turns to Blanche and says, You ever know anyone that pushes all your buttons? And of course Blanche is like, Yeah, it was Cabana Boy back in Pensacola and then they uh, they kinda have a heart to tar- heart talk and uh, Blanche says, You know, hey, just kinda control yourself. I got a trick. You know, if, if you ever get too mad, just kind of hold my hand and squeeze it real tight. Flash forward a few seconds to Stan is uh, toasting to the daughter and the new husband. And uh, he says, I hope you're as happy with your new life mate. That's why you know, I was like, life mate. Life mate as I am with mine. And then, you know, Dorothy cr- basically crushes Blanche's hand. She like almost doubles over in pain. All right. Uh, we then 
Sophia kind of comes over to the group and she's ducking the priest who is at the reception as well. She says she can't let loose while a priest is around. Uh, and Dorothy uh, kind of enters back into the uh, room with a knife, as you kind of alluded to earlier. Right. And then Rose freaks out and grabs her and drags her back to the kitchen and says, I won't let you do it. She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, I won't let you stab Stan. Uh, I thought it was great. Rose actually kind of goes through this little tirade about, do you want to be like something for cigarettes and toilet paper? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, was, I, could, I don't even think I quite make yourself. out what she said she was going to be doing for those uh, two things in prison. But yeah, that, that was, a, was a, a good moment of the episode. I thought that was a little bit funny. And then so he goes, I'm not going to kill him or I wasn't going to stab him. Not during the wedding. <laughs> I would wait after when people are gone. Oh, yeah. She makes a comment that she doesn't think it's illegal in the state of Miami to cut a cake or something right, of that nature. Right, she does. Yeah. And that there's too many people around to kill Stan at the moment. See, I'm telling you. Lots, mm-hmm. of, lots of illusions there. And then we kind of flash forward again. Dorothy is alone in her room, kind of sulking. Sophia comes in to console her and says, hey, we're going to throw rice at the kids. And Dorothy says, I, I don't want to go. You can tell that she's mad, obviously, about Stan being there, and she kind of gives her this weird analogy. Says anger is like shredded wheat stuck under your dentures. <laughs> Which I mean, I think we can all relate to. I mean, I you know, Very I think all of us have had a piece of shredded wheat here or there <laughs> stuck underneath our fake teeth. I don't eat shredded wheat, but I have a lot of you know peanuts, and the dust gets up under my dentures. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you eat peanuts to the point to where you're getting the dust out of the bottom of the peanut jar. Or you just grind them so much with your dentures <laughs> to where they have turned. It was turned. a joke. I didn't think it through, okay? Okay, well, I'm just, I think you know. He puts shell and all in his mouth. <laughs> right. I, I like where you're going with the grinding of the peanuts, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're dentures, like, I I would hope that if I bought dentures for myself, maybe they'd be, like, like titanium, maybe? So you'd be like a Bond villain with your yes. dentures, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and But all I would use that, you know, superpower for would be grinding peanuts. Right. Uh, anyway. So anyway, she says, you know, anger is like shredded wheat. And Dorothy kind of, you know, scoffs at her, you know, analogy. But she understands what she's trying to get at. She says, I think you're right. You're the greatest mother in the world. Sophia says something like, tell me something I don't know. Dorothy then returns to the uh, living room. The newlyweds are starting to get ready to leave. Um, Dorothy comes over and gives her daughter, you know, some uh, hugs and parting advice. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just have to go back to one thing real quick that you said. Not about the episode itself. But basically, if you were to have a superpower, your superpower <laughs> would be to have a mouthful of nuts. Because if that's the case, you're already a hero. <laughs> so. uh, I don't even have a comeback for that. Okay. Well, sorry. I just I, I couldn't let it go. I, I tried to let it go, and then it just uh, just wouldn't leave. What so. would my uh, name be? I mean, Jaws is taken from I don't know. Vaughn. Nut cruncher. Nut um, cruncher, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> it's like I'm sitting next to the Avengers and the Justice League. Yeah, it's all rolled in one. <laughs> so, you know, after the podcast, we'll make our own comic, right? Yeah, definitely. I think definitely. we've already got the characters picked out. Yeah, or or why, do, why don't we just make it live action? Live action. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole industry out there for it. So There is indeed. Probably a far more successful industry than the comic industry at this point, even with the Avengers. Do you think Nutcruncher would be successful (laughs) either? Uh, You know, there's definitely, uh, I'm sure, a niche audience (laughs) for that. (laughs) So, you know, you can find your place. You can find anything that you (laughs) might want to There's an audience out there for whatever, right? Yeah, pretty much. You know, and you could be a star in that industry. You think so? Mm -hmm. I I definitely think so. I don't Mm. think I'm, I don't think I'm flattered. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. 
Where were we? I was <laughs> so so at this point, the nuts. Uh, oh, they're hugging. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's hugging her daughter, telling her, you know, be a good wife, you know, and don't be a slave to your husband. Then uh, Dennis comes over and she hugs on him too, and you know, basically, you know, says take good care of her, and then she threatens him, says if you don't take care of her, you know, I'll kill you. Well, I thought it was really odd that she tells her to. Uh, to be his friend and to be his lover and don't yeah. be a slave. Don't be a slave. Be his friend and all that. But it's real weird for your mom to be like, be his lover. I, I don't know. It just <laughs> didn't really sit that well uh-huh. as a speech that you'd give to your daughter on yeah. her way out. She could have followed it up with like, you know, if I'd have been a lover to your father, you wouldn't have come from a broken home. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, maybe, you know, they're all getting a little bit older. She wants grandbabies. Well, yeah, I'm sure that's part of it, especially if her daughter is as old as what uh, we've said. She, yeah, she's Go get you some. Yeah, I mean, in 85, it was definitely unusual. Nowadays, you know, 40 years old is pretty common, you know, to have a baby. But uh, in 85, 40 years old would have definitely been uh, mm-hmm. on the fringe. Well, of, what we're uh, talking about back in the day was be his lover, more of a slang term for be his, you know, be in love with him. Probably, probably not. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever heard somebody <laughs> under any slang yeah. refer to someone who loves someone else as their lover. I mean, because <laughs> that'd be like, if you're like, oh, yeah, that's my son. I'm his lover. <laughs> More than anyone else, I am his lover <laughs> till the end. Uh, so. I wear many hats, but lover is <laughs> probably not on the list, right? <laughs> So the kids start exiting, you know, uh, the, everybody throws rice at them back when people threw rice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the entire party follows them. Like, everyone leaves the house and follows the kids, I, I, maybe to a limo, I don't know. Yeah, well, they all appear to follow them, but then they show Dorothy there. Yeah, the girls stay back. Right. But there's, there's just a dude, if you look over Dorothy's shoulder, there's still somebody in a tux in the back of, oh, yeah? Yeah, of the apartment right near the lanai, um, but still mm-hmm. inside. It's like, F this, I'm getting some cake. Yeah, so I guess not everybody, but then they go back in and they don't show anybody else. So I don't know if that guy then just ducked out. It could have been Coco for all I know. <laughs> well, that's there in the background. Of the opera. He wasn't I'm there for the you. wedding. He was there for Coco's wake. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was well-dressed. Um, mm-hmm. So. Exactly. So do you think the fact that it was so last minute and everything, that's why the guests didn't have to bring gifts? Yeah, probably so. Or maybe they just handed them money directly and we mm. didn't see that part yeah. of it. So, Well, it's to pay back for their lost ticket to <laughs> right. the Bahamas, of course. So anyway, yeah, the girls stay by the door for some reason because it's a plot device. Mm. And uh, Stan is there. And then Stan's like, well, you know, uh, oh, and uh, Dorothy throws her fistful of rice right in the stand's face right jokes on her doesn't she have to vacuum that shit up yeah probably so <laughs> or you know especially now the coco's no longer <laughs> exactly. living there somebody's <laughs> got to take care of it and maybe she'll let blanche do the because she sucks a lot know, of stuff but blanche is the <laughs> owner of the house so i don't know if she would be uh yeah. i would think that if if i'm blanche i'm doing as little housework as possible mm-hmm. if i'm letting exactly. these other three women i live say they let the birds get it all <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll take care of the overbird population in the Miami area. So, just open the door, let a flamingo come in. And eat <laughs> right. Off the yeah. Now, hey, that's an interesting idea. So, you know, obviously they stopped throwing rice because birds would eat the dried rice and they would expand and blow up their bellies. Yeah. So I've heard. Mm-hmm. Would flamingos be all right since they're so much bigger? I would have to think they would fare better than your <laughs> typical like finch or sparrow or whatnot. But um, I suppose if you gave a flamingo enough rice, I don't then know. It With could that still... curved bill, it'd be hard to pick up a few 
Spit rice. Uh, yeah. Well, why don't you go to the zoo and try to, to force yeah. feed as many pieces of rice? <laughs> no, no. To see, I'll d- for a real good, uh, it, you know, test, you have to throw the rice scattered style. Uh, okay. To to really simulate. Well, I thought we were just trying to figure out if enough <laughs> rice could blow up a flamingo. So, I mean, if you're going with the the technique so, you're talking about, it'll almost certainly be no, because like you said, <laughs> the beak would make it pretty prohibitive. Brent, any any thoughts about flamingo and the rice? No, I was thinking of a seagull. Uh, so, like, just a whole bag full of rice <laughs> <laughs> hanging, hanging under his uh, pelican. pelican. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, pelican, yeah. yeah. All right, so so now they, they go out to the lanai so that yes. Dorothy can finally confront Stan about the feeling she's been exactly having right. since the, the divorce. She has to talk to him in private, so they go out into the back, and she... Uh, he says, well, what can I do for you? She's like, first of all, you can get rid of that ridiculous toupee. And she rips it off his head. And then he, she kind of goes into him and says, you know, you left me without telling me in person. I had to find out from a lawyer, you know, your legal representat- representative, uh, instead of talking to you. He kind of goes on and talk about the good times and bad times they had together over their 38 years. And so, you know, it hurt me that you left without giving me a proper goodbye. Uh, she deserves better, and he kind of took the easy way out. Uh, and then she says, goodbye, Stanley. And then he kind of tries to interrupt, and she's like, I said goodbye, Stanley. And then he does his exit and kind of walks out past the girls. Uh, and then, of course, they rush out to the little check on Dorothy and says, oh, are you okay? She talks. They, they all tell her, you know, if you're feeling better, it'll get better in the coming days over and over and over again. Same nonsense we learned last week. Same, <laughs> right. same, yeah, it's very, very similar to the last episode. And then, you know, she's like, well, you know, he'll always have a little part of him will be with me. And Rose, I think it is, says, well, you know, after that many years, you'll, you'll always have memories. She's like, I'm not talking about memories. And then she picks up the uh, toupee in her hand right. <laughs> that she still had. Yeah, and that was a good closing to the episode. Do you think that, um, you know, Stan just sort of pulled a Sophia and they're like, they didn't anticipate him ever coming back again, so that's why she got her goodbye and everything. I mean, possibly, but I mean, I feel like it. It just needed some closure there. I mean, obviously, Stan was probably the number one mm-hmm. guest star, you yep. know, going through the rest of the series. I'd have to assume. But do you think they knew that starting off, or do you think it was just the actor sort of pulled it off and they liked the dynamic, I, like the way I, they brought back Sophia as a regular? I would think a little bit of both, because obviously Stan wasn't, you know, a main cast member. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he's. The ex-husband, and he's the only one that's still alive, as far yeah. as we know, of the uh, yeah. of the former husbands. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I would think they would at least anticipate that he could pop up in further episodes. But still, mm-hmm. I don't know if he and Dorothy could continue to interact if there was that much animosity between them. So I feel like they had to... Things definitely softened as the series went on. Yeah, I mean, it, there was still plenty of barbs put in, you know, in subsequent appearances. but mm-hmm. But I think at least the the high level of hatred seemed to be lessened <laughs> yeah. going forward, which, you know, maybe they needed that to, whether they anticipated he'd be back or not. I mean, at least it, it, it mm-hmm. gives the possibility for them to still interact yeah. in future episodes. Well, he had to come back with the toupee. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Brent, did you have any, uh, any particular uh, uh, facts or bits of trivia that you learned about this episode? No, I did not. No, you did not. Well, you really, I got one. You do. Okay. Yeah. So we meet uh, Dorothy's daughter, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently, uh, my wife actually looked this up. Mm-hmm. There were only two appearances of Dorothy's daughter mm-hmm. in the f- full series, mm-hmm. both played by different uh, actresses. Oh, so and I would say that okay, realistically, I know we uh, based on the chronology that we know she would mm-hmm. would probably need to be forty. Um, mm-hmm. 
or at least in that ballpark. Realistically, she was probably, what, maybe 30, uh, 20, in her late 20s, something like that. So I wonder if the other Dorothy, I mean, or not the other Dorothy, but the other uh, Kate, um, is she called Kate in her uh, subsequent appearance as well? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. um, The daughter is always Kate and the son's always Michael. Okay. Um, But they're never in the same episode together, Mm. nor do they There's only one daughter? Yeah. Do we know that? Correct. Um, Well, yes. They only ever reference two children, Kate and Michael. Michael's the younger one who left college to be a musician but they're never in an episode together, nor do they ever mention one another. Oh. But theoretically, there could be, you know, a third child. Golden Palace, season one, two. <laughs> one that's actually, you know, 42 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Kate's the middle child. And yeah. they have an older one named like Sharonford or something. Right, yeah, yeah. that we just said that they never bothered to mention. Exactly. I mean, if Kate's only going to come down and visit twice in seven years, yeah. then <laughs> apparently that uh, mother-child bond isn't uh, mm-hmm. isn't that great. Do you know how many episodes Michael appears in during the episode, or the series? I want to say only like two or three. Okay, so her kids are, are all pretty, or both at least, and, and yeah. possibly the third that uh-huh. we don't know about. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe. Uh, and it is kind of, I don't know. Kind of stretches believability. Somebody like B. Author, who's so motherly and nurturing mm. <laughs> that her kids wouldn't just <laughs> right. be constantly at that teat. Yeah, well, and especially, <laughs> I mean, and grandma's the same way, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, definitely have a very loving family. Yeah, um, indeed. I can feel the love through the TV screen and the years. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So, with this episode, um, who would your MVP be, Evitsky? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with Dennis, the mm. podiatrist. Oh. <laughs> Takes so, care of people's feet. So basically, so at Brent chose Coco last time. We know he will not end up being the MVP of the series with this <laughs> one appearance. Um, and now you're going with Dennis. And I'm almost positive this has to be Dennis's only appearance as well. Because I think in the other episode with Kate, the two of them have split up or something of that nature. Yeah, he's um stepping out. Oh, okay. Um, but he comes back to woo her in front of Dorothy. Oh, 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 now, do you know, is out. it the same Dennis? Podiatrist joke? I That I don't know. Oh, well, that'll be something to look forward to, uh, a mystery to solve come uh, yeah. whichever season that happens in. Did you guys even catch that? Uh, yes, I did. Um, I'll make it, sure. We didn't missed it. chuckle or anything. Is that because it, it didn't was warrant it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was just talking about podiatrist stepping out. Ah. Uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> that I was the appropriate level of I'd response. I'd that if I'd have heard it. I like that. So, uh-huh. so for you, you're giving Dennis the uh, MVP of the episode. So, just as much of a bullshit answer as your seven and a half <laughs> yeah. for the last uh, episode rating. But go ahead. So, and Brent, who would your MVP for this episode be? I still think Coco's legacy looms large. Uh, you cannot choose a character <laughs> that is not in the episode. <laughs> so I can't choose Coco, no. nor can I choose. Do we Sharon know for a fact that he wasn't um, in the the bridal group? The, the guy there in the back was definitely not Coco. He was a. Uh, <laughs> A white man with a mustache. I guess Coco could have a mustache, but um, he was definitely not Coco. Uh, so uh, if he was in the episode, he was completely not seen. <laughs> throughout. Um, so him being there in spirit does not count for MVP consideration. Yeah. Um, then I guess I got to go with Stan mm. for the MVP of the episode. Okay. Because um, really, I mean... I think the only difference between episode two and episode one was less Coco, more Stan. <laughs> Everything else was pretty comparable. Well, I am going to go with the, uh, I'm going to go with Dorothy. I, 
I don't really feel like anybody, in all honesty, it was a good episode overall, but I didn't feel like it was super funny. Um, there wasn't a lot that really stood out to me where I was like, oh, that was a great line. So there, there was no one golden girl um, who really stood out. And Stan was fine, but he was such a an unlikable character <laughs> that yeah. it would make it hard for me to call him the MVP. So I'm going to go with Dorothy. I'll give it to her for her dramatic uh, yeah. closing. She, she was I, the one that overcame stuff in this episode more than true. anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not defending Stan. Okay. Okay. But I am saying that, you know, if you had a choice between, you know, going home to your 80-year-old B author <laughs> or some 20-some-year-old flight attendant, would you at least consider the flight attendant? I mean, if B. Arthur was what I was going home to, yes. yeah. I mean, yeah, she's <laughs> okay. She Have seems like she is a, a, a hard woman to um, <laughs> to probably cohabitate with. I would imagine. Yeah. So I can understand that from that perspective. Yeah. The blistering sex pistol she oh, is. Right. It, it is shocking that Stan would be able to get a mm-hmm. uh, thirty-year-old or whatever half his yeah. age flight attendant yeah. um, because there's. I mean, I guess he he is he, he is funny. He has some charm to him, uh-huh. but uh, I don't know. I guess if he cashed out their retirement savings and maybe uh-huh. had some money as well, I yeah. mean, it gives some you know some hope for for those of us not who necessarily are looking to lead their wives down the road, but you know, if uh, <laughs> if circumstances cause uh, one of us to become single again, mm-hmm. then uh, exactly. You know, well, did can, did a breach in either of the uh, episodes we've covered yet? Does it talk about how he met? I mean, he he met her on a plane, right? Right. Yeah. But did did it talk about who approached whom? I, I don't think they got that far into uh, into their relationship. I think uh, it's just that he met a flight attendant. Well, on I'm a plane saying, like, they, if he had approached her and you know offered her, you know, hey, I'm willing to sell out my wife, take all this money and buy you a new home in Maui, what you say? That would say. I think the way it was presented, though, was theoretically she came up and offered him away. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. I think there might have been a... Could be, yeah. I, you so. know. He still had it on in the second episode. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, still still flaunting that lay that he um, yeah. that led to their divorce. I'd like to think it was the same lay <laughs> that she originally presented him with. Exactly. Um, all right, so out of uh, eight slices of cheesecake ski, what is this one, a 12, a 13, <laughs> based on your seven and a half you gave the first all episode? All right, so I'll try to be a little more reasonable this time. Obviously, you guys hate on me for the first one. I think, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I don't say a lot of drama, but... Definitely more drama, I think, than the uh, first one as far as animosity between characters. So I'm going to give it uh, a reasonable score of four. Okay. And Brent, what would you rate this episode? Uh, one and a half. One and a half. <laughs> I, if I was rating it purely on the comedy side of it, I would say, yeah, honestly, like a one to a two would be pretty fair. Um Factoring in the drama, I'll go ahead and give it that full two. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and, yes. and and give it up to two. Yeah, it was. I'm still riding high. <laughs> it, 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 like I said, it was all right. Um, yeah. But uh, it was, again, you know, I know as we go through the episodes, perhaps we will find that it stands out. Hopefully we don't find that it's uh, mm-hmm. high a, watermark. High, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a higher watermark <laughs> anyway than what, we're, uh, than what we currently view it as. But, yeah, I'd say. Not uh, to uh, brag on the puns, but did you just say stands out I, I did not um, <laughs> you did you said hopefully it doesn't stands out well if I if I did I mean I said stands out Stan, but I stands out yes Alan? okay ha. fair uh, enough uh, uh. all right uh, stay golden Coco 
Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.